Good evening, everyone. This is LaToya Fernandez, and I'm the lead host of No Sleep, Vision, Purpose, and Advocacy, a platform for millennials to have discussions um, and just um, an array of topics and to address any misconceptions about our generation. Um, tonight, I'm really excited because our topic is going to be just really interesting, and it's going to be millennials on social issues. And uh, regarding this topic, we're going to be addressing the misconception about millennials and how we handle social issues um, and how to some of the older generations, it appears that we are not active, um, we're not as active as we should be and that our methods aren't as effective. And so we're going to be addressing that misconception tonight. We look forward to phone calls. We want to hear your thoughts. We want to hear your questions. Um, and yeah, so we're going to go ahead and keep it moving. Now, I'm going to start by just giving my perspective on this, and I'm going to address the misconception, and then I'm going to open it up to the team. Um, now, I think while it might seem like millennials aren't that active or that our methods aren't effective, I think for us, it's just that we handle things differently. I feel like if you look at this recent presidential election, after President Trump became the uh, the oldest president uh, of the United States at 71 years old, um, a bunch of millennials started running for office. And like not state and federal office, uh, but local office. Like it just sprung a wave of millennials running for office. And I feel like, you know, maybe it didn't seem like there was a lot of marching and protesting and, and things like that going on. But I feel like that was happening, but also just like an evolution of those methods happen. You can have, you definitely can have some impact marching um, and protesting, but I feel like it's going to take a long time. You have to have a bunch of strategy behind it, and it can't be the only thing that you're going to do. And I feel like millennials grabbing the bull by the horns and running for office and saying, I'm actually going to influence local policy and like change what I can here so that the people that come from here and go other places can be influenced by that policy and make better choices, um, you know, to strengthen our government. So I think we just, we handle things differently. Uh, and I think we've seen that even now in New York with Alexandria Cortez, and uh, who could become the youngest Congresswoman ever at 28, a millennial, you know, going for that spot and actually getting that, getting that power and that notoriety. Um, so I think we're just handling things differently. And I think that it's, it's really effective. Um, I think that older, it's interesting when you look at millennials because there's a big age gap. And I think even millennials on the bit of the older spectrum even have some struggle with strategy as well. So, I mean, I think we just, we like, we like to strategize. We like to make sure we have a plan. And I think we try to just go about it differently. Um, and so that, that's just me addressing that misconception. And I'll go ahead and open it up for, um, for comments from the other hosts. Yeah, um, I think I think actually for me, um, my opinion, I think, um, especially since the election, maybe, um, I think that we kind of uh, picked it up a little bit. Um, I know in previous years, I mean, obviously there has been you know marches and other types of protests of irregularities in the system or in the US. Um but I think I think personally I think we've actually picked it up. Um I think I think now we're starting to realize well maybe 
um, we should really do something for the society because um, the previous generation, they didn't mess anything up. It's just that, you know, they built their, they built their society on what they believe would be right for them and not really for the future. And so once, once you know, young people are starting to go into offices, not even uh, in the government, but just like locally, um, you know, it's, 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 you start to see a, a, a big change in how we go about things. <clears throat> Peace, family. This is Malcolm. Uh, definitely excited to be back here this Wednesday uh, to discuss this topic um, and get into it. Oh, definitely want to say definitely follow me out here on Instagram at Mr. Solomon88. But to follow up on what's been discussed so far, um, I I wanted to ask a question, you know. Um, the information that uh, Zoe just spoke of was fairly new to me, um, but it hasn't been uh, act. The act is uh, um, not not as new. Uh, many times, uh, a lot of African Americans run for offices and try to get into these different political positions and everything. So, our question I wanted to ask is: the change that is necessary to be made in order to uh, develop a just system? Do you do you all believe that? Um, these different uh, uh, individuals going into these uh, uh, places within the system uh, will bring forth that change? That's a tough question. It's a really tough question because, I mean, I guess you never really know, right? And I think it's it's really important to do your research before voting and and to really check in at people and see what they've been doing before they ran for office. Um, Because, you know, there are also, there's also another part of being a millennial that's being an opportunist. And so we've got to be real careful of, you know, you know, doing our research and, and deciphering between who are the opportunists that are just doing it for, you know, recognition and and just for, you know, one more stepping stone to whatever their goal is and who are the people that are running because they actually want to make change. And they've been making change even before they were running for office. That's valid. That's definitely valid. Uh, Anybody else want to follow up? Oh, I'm muted. (laughs) Uh, what's Kylie? I'm on here. I'm just listening right now. I'm agreeing with what everyone's saying, so I don't want to reiterate everyone's point. Um, but I do <laughs> think that it is really inspirational that we do have people of our generation who are actually stepping up to the plate and running for office and um, trying to actually facilitate change. I think that um, it's really important that we pay attention to it and make sure that it's known versus, you know, we always know when people are protesting and all of that, um, but it's always good to highlight what people of our generation are doing to actually facilitate change and because that's what's most important. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Yeah, absolutely. So my question to um, to the co-host right now is what – 
what is your perspective around how millennials navigate with social issues? What What do y'all think? I think we're emotional. Also, okay. yeah, expound Very on that. Emotional. Yeah, 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 definitely expound on that one. Mm-hmm. Hello. What you mean by what was describe describe emotional how you and what you see? Um, I mean, I feel like we're emotional in the way. I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time hearing tonight, and I'm not using anything different. So I'm not sure what's going on with my phone. But um, when I think emotional, I think that we kind of let our emotions lead, and we have this. I think sometimes we might be rash. Um, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. I think sometimes when you have emotion, you are more likely to speak out and to make your feelings known, and I don't see anything wrong with it. Um, I think in the past, maybe it was kind of frowned upon to let emotion um, and feelings kind of carry the way that you feel or, you know, what you're speaking about, but I think that our generation, we've kind of started a step in a different direction where we feel like we can be more, you know, open about the way that we feel and the way that things affect us. Do you, okay. do you believe, do you believe, do you believe that this, uh, this emotional response, uh, limits us from bringing forth, uh, uh, the results that we that we are looking for? I think sometimes, yeah, it does. I think right now, kind of in the the place that we are um, in, is that sometimes we let emotions kind of take over us, and we don't, we're not open to new ideas because we have our way of thinking, and we get so caught up in that that sometimes it limits us from being able to you know, achieve something collectively with people who may not have the same viewpoints. Um, but it's also good because at the same time, we feel like we can, we want our voices to be heard. So I think it's kind of, you know, catch 22, it's a good and a bad thing. Um, but sometimes, yeah, I think it does limit us as far as, mm. you know, achieving what we need to achieve. How do you feel about it? think that um the the responses are definitely emotional and also i believe uh the responses uh lack strategy and um i remember uh certain cases of uh events happening here in here in this country where it was involving police brutality towards uh, African-American um, people. And the uh, response to it, you know, not not all of them, but some of the responses to it just seem to be very uh, uh, unplanned and just uh, without any true goal in, in, in mind, you know, and... I believe that the I believe that the some of them have the fight in them, but uh, not the willingness to sit down and strategically uh, come up with a a a means about 
bringing forth a specific goal that they want to achieve, you know, and uh, okay. this, this, I, yeah. I, I think I would have I would have to disagree with y'all on that. Like I think that I think that it's not that it lacks strategy. I think it lacks unity. I feel like millennials are great at strategizing on our own. Like, and I think about where we are at in our careers, how we, we kind of climb to the top really quickly. Uh, we know what to do for our own personal goals. And like, we start our own businesses and our own programs and we're super innovative. And that's why people want us in their spaces. So I feel like we know how to strategize. I just feel like we don't, we're not united. So when everybody's coming to the table, like you said, Malcolm, they want it and they got the fight in them, but they've just been fighting alone. But you know, they don't they don't know how to fight with others and work with others towards a common goal. So it's like everybody wants to come to the table with like fifty different strategies from their own personal lives and not really hear each other out. So I guess I mean it's like it's I feel like it's the unity piece. Yeah, we, we I, I agree with you. Oh. No, it's okay. I was going to say I do agree with you, but I also yeah. really kind of feel what Malcolm is saying. I think mm-hmm. especially when you look at um, police brutality and yeah. things such as that against minorities, um, we have people that are angry and we want to fix it and we want to, you know, make the system more equal. But we don't really hear a lot of strategy and plan, like how are we going to do this? You know, yeah. what is our plan? It's more so people saying, okay, this is an injustice, this is bad, you know, whatnot, but really we're not sitting down at the table and saying, okay, do we need to make it where police officers make more money? I think that that would help. Mm-hmm. Um, higher barriers to entry, you know, really screening the people that we put out there, people who are police officers that shouldn't be their second plan B. You know, it should be they're wanting to do it because that's in their heart and that's what they feel that they're calling us to do and they want to protect us as one people, (laughs) you know, not people who try to do something and fail and they say, oh, well, I can be a cop. This is not working. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. uh, Let me ask you a kind of a follow-up question to this. Um, What about the idea that like, do you think it's hard to strategize and unite because millennials, there's just so many, like, there's various views on social issues that there's, like, more options now. There's more, like, sides to take now. There's more, I guess, room to create diverse perspectives. Do you guys think that plays into it at all? I think so. Yeah, I, I think as as uh, as the people, I think we have a hard time really collectively agreeing with one issue because a lot of people... They grow up differently. Um, you got some people who grow who grew up in harsh conditions and they have a different view, whereas you got some people who grew up more privileged and they have a different view. And so, but I think in my opinion that really shouldn't stop you from doing what's right. I think if 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 you take if you take both those backgrounds and put it together, you can possibly find the common ground and then fight for whatever you want to fight for. Um, but that's just my opinion. I, I mean. That's just me. You know, people when people grow up differently, you have different perspectives on thing on things. And once that happens, you look at the world differently. That can sometimes you or uh affect you in a bad way or in a good way to do what you what you think is right. I just, and um yeah, to 
to follow up on what he was just saying, I think we do have uh, many of us have just petty differences that um, so that's keeping them from uniting and um, coming together. But I also believe that the uh, system, and when I'm when I speak of the system, uh, I'm speaking of uh, how. Uh, the uh, country has run itself, and how from from this origin, from the beginning, how it how it moves, and a big part of it was to divide and conquer, you know. And that, I believe is still playing in effect today to keep individuals separate from uniting, you know, keep them distracted, keep them with the different gadgets and different television shows or whatever they can to keep your eyes off of coming together, off of taking that time out to be that strategic, uh, strategist and to do something that's uh, meaningful and purposeful for, you know, uh, the collective. And I believe that is also with, with uh, a, something that is withholding them from coming together. Yeah. Okay, cool. That That definitely kind of sums it up. Um, So, I mean, I feel like there's just so many directions to take this conversation because there's so many different social issues and there's so many different ways to handle certain issues as well. There are, you know, there are smaller social issues that can be handled at a much smaller level. um, And then there are just bigger social issues that definitely need that organization and that strategy. And I think for us, like, we just have to figure out how, what, what, what is the formula? How can we bring our strategy and still accept, you know, the fact that there's a common bigger goal if we all work together? I just feel like it's so hard for millennials to, for us to break out of our, our bubble of, of our world. But I still, I still do think that we just handle things differently though as well. And I feel like uh, the things that we have done have been effective. Um, and I think, what they really lack is longevity. But I think that they, they work. They just there needs to be a longer a longer game plan. So, um, but we're gonna go ahead and take a break, and we look forward to callers. Uh, we want to answer any questions you might might have and give you an opportunity to speak your piece on the subject. Um, the guest call in number is nine one seven eight eight nine eight zero seven eight. Uh, again, 917-889-8078. We look forward to hearing back from you soon. Why is Connor having trouble focusing in school? Having trouble finding Connor Middle School? Would you like directions? No. Why is Connor having trouble focusing in school? Finding lowest airfare to Istanbul. No, I'm, I'm tired of fighting with him over homework. Home, walk, restaurant. Need a review? No, I need help. He's very smart, but his mind wanders. He's disorganized. I think I understand. Oh, good. Finding best potatoes for French fries. No! Russet, fingerling, Yukon gold. Why don't you understand me? Sorry, I was trying to show how Connor feels every day. Frustrating, isn't it? Redirecting to understood.org. For the one in five kids with learning and attention issues, this is what life can feel like. Explore understood.org, a free online resource about learning and attention issues designed to help your child thrive in school and in life. Understood.org, because understanding is everything. Brought to you by understood.org and the Ad Council. 
50 feet, turn left. Why are you driving so slowly? After a few drinks, I'm taking it slow. Well, you're not fooling the cop behind you. What? Get ready to pay in point one miles. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. One in three adults in America have prediabetes, but most don't know it. To let people know it can be reversed before it becomes type 2 diabetes, professional basketball player Julius Randle is doing everything in reverse. I'm only dunking with reverse windmills. I drove the whole way to practice in reverse. I don't recommend it. This move's called the reverse shuffle. I do recommend it. And it took me months to learn how to speak in reverse, like this. <clears throat> Here's 10 almost for diabetes type 2 with living Ben has my mind. In other words, my mom has been living with type 2 diabetes for almost 10 years. So together, we want to say to the 84 million Americans at risk, exercise and healthy eating can help reverse prediabetes. Start by taking a simple one-minute risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. <laughs> Bet he can't say that in reverse. Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by feedthepig.org. Well, I finally did it. I improved my credit score. You're kidding, right? Uh, no. How are we supposed to be the bad boys of electrosynth pop if you're out there being responsible? The band is about to be discovered. This is our year. Uh, yeah, you've been saying that for a while now. You think anyone in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was worried about their credit score? I never really thought that Of we were... course they weren't. Rock stars aren't supposed to think about that kind of stuff. We're supposed to think about how many guitars we've smashed, write aggressively sensitive power ballads, start questionable fashion trends, tragically break up and blame creative differences. All right, all right, just... I thought maybe it was time to take control of my finances, you know? Start using a budget. Get out of debt. Set some goals. A budget? Debt? Set some goals? Listen, I knew that we'd have our creative differences, but I was hoping they'd involve a little more scandal. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network. Hashtag One Million Strong. Hey, welcome back, everyone. Um, excited to continue our conversation. And it looks like we don't have any callers. Listen, we want y'all to call us, call us, call us. We love when we have callers and we get to hear your perspectives and you get to share your just what you're feeling. This conversation, it can't just be a few of us. We have to come together. Like we were talking about in the beginning of the segment, we got to unite. We got to be able to listen to each other. We have to be able to share with each other. And I think, you know, then we can really move forward and, and do something great together. So we really, really, really want to hear from you and we encourage you to to please call um, and let us know your thoughts. Um, okay, so we'll go ahead and kind of pick up where we left off and we can even kind of dive into another issue because I know I, in order for us to truly dig into the nitty gritty of, 
of this, we have to actually get specific and talk about like an actual social issue that is happening and what we're doing about it and how we're dealing with. Uh, and I know I will always talk about education because I feel like that is the beginning, the end all be all. And I think that that is, you know, where I, when I think about millennials and leadership positions and I think about the rise of charter schools right now, um, and just seeing millennials kind of and in, in, in all involved and immersed in that movement and leading that movement, um, it, it shows me just that deep influence that we do have on the education system right now. So it's definitely something we're thinking about um, and thinking about what strategies are we using in the schools to make sure that we're pushing for better education policy for our kids and for our communities. Um, and so I, when I think about millennials in those positions and, and how we can influence, um, I definitely feel like we have to make sure that um, we're bringing it with, with equity and, and making sure that everyone has access to the resources in a way that they can understand um, and that they can relate to um, and, and that they can actually take and use to better their communities. So uh, I guess like just kind of honing in on a social issue. I always think about education because I think it's the foundation of like every issue that's happening. Yeah, I believe so too. Um, education can really honestly really determine the fact, first of all, your career path and your life. But if you don't have the proper education, that's, you, if you don't have the proper education, you really can't go far in life because you need education. You just even uh, what's the word looking for? Just even move up in the world, and that's the. And my mom's a teacher, and I know how education is important to her. And my uh, my uh, other two brothers, you know, we're both in college, going to, going to the same college, and she preaches education at the end of the day because that's all you really have. Because that's it. If you don't have your brain, you you can't do anything. Yeah, and I, I the social issue that I. I've observed when I look at the education system here is that majority of the students um, who are attending these public education systems or even some of the private education systems uh, are being just miseducated. And I believe why they're being miseducated is because they're not learning any anything about self. You know, they're not. Uh, I believe the first function of education is to provide individuals with an identity. And the issue is those non-European uh, Americans are attending school systems. However, they're they're failing to get an identity of who they are. And we spoke of this on a, on a, a prior show. Um, this failure to get an understanding of who they are will eventually leave them uh, in a position where they're confused and looking to be part of something. You know, those European Americans that are going to these schools right here in the states are learning about their learning about their past presidents. Uh, who look like them, learning about uh, individuals who uh, have achieved high performances in the sciences. You know, they, 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 they sit and they talk about uh, Aristotle and Plato and everybody, you know, 
Uh, but for that young Latino boy or that young uh, African American boy and girl, uh, those those uh, figures are not even mentioned. You know, they now they don't connect uh, the dots for them unless they're talking about them in the subservient position. And I think that is a critical issue um, when I, when the conversation of education arises because. Uh, uh, is 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 misleading and, and miseducating. Uh, I have a quick question for all the co-hosts. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Well, I've seen some you know, TV shows nowadays. They they attack the issues on public schooling and private schooling. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you guys have dealt with private schooling. I haven't, but I just want to know one question. I just want to have. I just have one question. That's one of your opinion. Do you think? Uh, public school or private school is better um, or has had benefits in some form or fashion? Because I know me per- personally, I've been in public school all my life, and I have no no problems just to the, adjusting to the world and whatnot, but I've seen, I've seen and read some things about private schooling. So, again, my question is to you guys, which schooling system do you think is better or uh, better yeah, what school what school system do you guys think is better or has or has benefits? Um, okay. I don't know. You can go ahead. I believe the school system that will be better is the one that is providing that identity uh, for that for the student. The identity is uh, the consciousness of that child's true nature. So what I'm saying is that a a uh, young Caucasian student going to a school that is providing an identity for uh, uh, a Latino student and teaching the, lat- uh, the Latino student about its history and teaching the Latino in the ways that Latinos grow and learn, then that young uh, Caucasian student, that private school is not best for that student. You understand, and the same thing, and the same thing will go for any any other individual going into an education system. Now, some individuals may claim that private school is better because, yeah, the students are more calmer in these environments, and they may have its pros pros that uh, will push a parent towards taking their putting their child into a private school. Then, and if right, if hold on, I'm case, sorry, Malcolm. I don't mean to cut you off, Malcolm. Uh, Mike is hitting me up. We have a caller on the line right now. We okay. do. We have a caller. Okay. Yay. Caller. Okay. Sorry, Malcolm. It's all good. Hi. My hey. name is Joanne Burrow. Hey, Joanne. How you doing? What's up, girl? I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad to hear this conversation about the social issues of today that affecting our communities, especially being in education. I'm the host of the program Read, Read, Read. And one of the things that I, I'm trying to do with the reading program as well as the radio program is to implement um, a mentoring session for students from 8 to 15-year-olds um, trying to get college students and high school students to commit to one hour to mentor the students online. So it wouldn't be 
that you will have to be in the same room with the student, but just to have internet connection, and I want to make sure that that student has an internet connection, and to read with them for one hour per week. And the way the reading program would go is the first 10 minutes, they would um, go over an evaluation that each one can take that would tell that person about themselves that they can discuss with that student. And it would give them uh, an opportunity to see how an evaluation can be taken to get um, outputs of what it is that they may be interested in because many of our students, they barely read, especially those in Title I schools, and those are the ones that I'm trying to um, get into the reading program. I have an outline of what we can do with the students for an hour, but the thing is I don't have the college students or the high school students available to read to the students for one hour per week. And with you all tackling strategies that can be used in the schools, this is a strategy that can be used outside of the school. And the first book that I have for the students to go over with their mentor is a book called The Montgomery Bus Boycott, which goes from slavery to civil rights. And these are issues that's not discussed in schools, but it can, it's a chance for the student to have a mentor, to develop a relationship with someone that they don't know, as well as learn about their history and someone to take interest in them. And I'm thinking if this is something that you all are interested in, maybe we can partner and work with students um, in Title I schools. That's mine. Where are you located? Um, I'm located in Maryland. That's where I do my work. But I also work with organizations in Tennessee, Illinois, Arkansas, as well as Maryland. And because it's online, it it doesn't matter where you are as long as you have an Internet connection and um, Uh, you can connect with the students. Do you have an Instagram? I do. Okay. What? So yeah, can you drop your handle on us so then we can we can follow you and our listeners can follow you too. Okay. My Instagram is j j joy j s j o y for you the letter u two. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. And it sounds like an awesome program. And please consider partnering with me because we need people that that's willing to work with students, and this will help students to read more. And I also work with high school students. We just returned from a national competition where three of our students medaled at the national level, uh, and they work in 31 categories, from STEM, humanities, dance, uh, and business, as well as culinary. So I'm working with students from pre-K up into high school, and we just need body people who's willing to to mentor students. Okay, that sounds awesome. Yeah, we definitely uh, will definitely follow up. It sounds really interesting. We we thank you so much for joining us tonight, Joanne, and continue listening and tell your friends about us. Thank you. 
Thank you. Uh-huh. Goodbye. All right. So back to our conversation um, regarding social issues, and it's great. Thanks, Joanne, for sharing a resource. It's great to share resources and, and to talk about what we're all doing and, and how we could potentially collaborate. Um, so if you would like to share something that you're doing, that'd be great. You can definitely call in and um, just give us, you know, a little 60 second and you drop your Instagram. Um, but yeah, we're going to continue our conversation. Um, so I know Malcolm, you were conti- like, you were driving a point home with the, the difference between public, uh, public school education, uh, private school education and uh, ac- access and equity. So I, I'm sorry that I had to cut you off. So I wanted to give you an opportunity to kind of pick back up where you left off and, and finish with you. Yeah. I appreciate it. I was yeah, I was just finishing up. And so to answer to answer Michael's question, I was just saying saying that uh, it depends on uh, what that school is offering for the child to determine if that's the best situation. You know, a lot of the private schools now, you know, are are not, and I'm not I'm not saying that there are not any Afrocentric ones out there for our young our young uh, black males and females or not. not, not no uh latino ones out there for latino students i just i'm not i'm not too aware of all of them but the ones that i see most of them going to are ones ran by european americans you know with a curriculum that's catered towards them and if they're going to those schools um and receiving uh an education under this uh under their tutelage you know by most of the time you know majority of the time is happening, you know, that's all a miseducation because they're then will leave that leave that institution not educated but assimilated. Okay. I have kind of an interesting perspective to kind of throw in there with the private public school thing. Um, When I was growing up, I was actually, um, I went to a predominantly black school um, and I was actually in the minority. Um, I did well, um, but my parents, my dad actually wanted to move out of the city, so we moved um, not very far, but it was more in the country, so it actually put me in a different school district. Um, he wanted land, um, and when I had gone to this new school, it was predominantly white, and for me to fit in academically, I fit right in. I didn't, there wasn't any place where I felt like I was behind and I was actually ahead in a lot of different areas. So I thought it was really interesting for me because, I mean, hindsight, um, but I will say when I went to college, I was on an athletic scholarship. So I actually went to a private Catholic college, but it was the first time I'd ever gone to a private school. And a lot of the people that were going into the private school, into the college, um, had come from private Catholic high schools and their knowledge and everything that they knew was so far high above anything that I had taken. They had taken trig, you know, all the stuff. This stuff wasn't even offered where I come from. They were testing, you know, I had taken four years of high school French and I tested into French too. They were testing into French four and five. So what they, when they came into a collegiate setting, I felt like those students, and it might just be the school that they came from, but they were so far past any of us that came from public school systems. Thank you. Cause, uh, I, 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 just, I think – oh, go ahead. Oh, no, you good. You good. You good, bro. 
Hey, I, what, what I was going to say was that even though um, you describe your education as first starting off um, at a school where the population was predominantly black and then moving to a school where the population was predominantly white, it didn't matter if you were at a school that was predominantly black if that curriculum that those students were learning from was not a curriculum um, uh, that would help uh, bring forth the identity of those black of those black students. You know, at the same time, it was still an education for you and a miseducated for miseducation for them. They were just miseducating those students with at a more uh, at a, at a as at a larger amount. You know, than probably at the next school that you went to because there were more there were more uh, white students, and that's the social issue that I'm that I guess that I'm talking about as as uh, blacks or Latinos uh, in this in this uh, in this country, we lack those institutions. You know, there there aren't. No, there I aren't think any, any, I think you misunderstood yeah. what I said. Uh, because when I came you, from you, the predominant, when I came from the minority school to the school that was predominantly white, coming from that school, I was actually higher than a lot of the white kids when I got there. Yeah, so I was above see, that. What, what, what you're saying, what you're saying is your academics. You you were still you were still uh, able to uh, achieve high academics at the uh, at the uh, at the at the school where majority of the students were black. You're saying. Yeah, and I cried for years and begged my parents to let me go back, but my parents right. said they paid taxes to a certain city, so I was going to go to school where they pay taxes. Right. I, I understand um, that, and I'm not I'm not saying I'm not saying that the school did not teach you. I'm not saying that the school didn't teach you. No, I'm I just wanted that, to clarify because I wasn't sure the point yeah, that you're making. I was I, like, I, no, 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 yeah. I had a great education. Right, right, right. I'm not I'm not taking that away from you. I'm not saying that the school didn't yeah, educate yeah. you. I'm saying I'm actually I'm actually agreeing with you. I'm actually saying it is always an education for you. But the issue is the issue is for those non-European Americans. It's not going to be. It's not going to be like that. It's not. It's not always an education for them. The uh, thing that I was saying is that uh, we lack those. We lack those institutions. If I wanted to go to school or to college or anywhere, I have to go to somebody else for them to educate me. You understand? If I wanted to go to a hospital, there's not a black-owned hospital that I can go to. You know, to be. Uh, taken care of or or to be treated. So those resources, excuse me, those resources and those type of institutions is the social issue that um, uh, is actually stems from 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 our education. You know, and if we can first start off by uh, obtaining uh, inst- institutions where we're giving true educations to um, ourselves, other than being assimilated through these other institutions, then we can pull ourselves from where we are. Mm, great, uh, great point to end on. <laughs> uh, we have to actually take a, a little break right now, and then we're going to come back and we're going to close out the show. But, I mean, as you can hear uh, on the other side, uh, this is just something that we have to continue talking about. I mean, the education system is at the foundation of social change. And, I mean, that's just my opinion. That the, I'm not saying that that is the, the 
you know, universal truth. But that's my opinion. And I think even diving into education and how we are educated is also something to be considered as well. And I think that's um, that's a lot of a, a lot of what you were just saying, Malcolm, is, is how that education is being delivered. Um, and so, yeah, so we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back. We're going to close out the show. Uh, we will accept callers. So if you do decide to call in for the last few minutes, that'll be fine. We'll see you all back soon. Listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network. Hashtag One Million Strong. online you can be a witness and make a difference by letting the world know it isn't cool and by letting your friend know you care learn more at eyewitnessbullying.org brought to you by the ad council did you just look down at your phone you did it again didn't you you know you're flying down the road in a three-ton hunk of steel and a text takes your eyes off the road for an average of five seconds At 55 miles per hour, that's long enough to travel the length of a football field and cause some serious damage. Turn it off. Trust me. Whatever it is, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. The CWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are the champion for life empowerment programs like Career Reels with Carolyn. We understand that many of our listeners need career advice to advance their careers to the next level, and others need advice on finding a job. We have been blessed with the addition of Ms. Carolyn Owens to our network. Carolyn is the chairwoman and CEO of Infinity Coaching Incorporated, which provides career, leadership, and life coaching that moves individuals forward, allowing them to take command of their lives. With over 25 years of proven experience, she is a leading authority on leadership and professional development and has worked with and trained top leaders across the globe. Her show, Career Reels with Carolyn, may be heard the second Monday of every month at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern and 6 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Career Reels is a show that discusses how you can become the star of your life. Carolyn and her guests will share with you tips and strategies on how you can reach and stay at the top of your game. You'll also hear about hot topics and trends that can make a difference in your career or business. So tune in the second Monday of each month to hear Career Reels live and get hired or take your career to the next level. For more information, visit Carolyn's page on our website at cwrtalknetwork.com. 
Hey, if you have really, really tried to lose weight going from one diet to the next, stop right now and listen to me. Let Jen Han help you. Jen is a food coach and body image expert in her new show, Nutrition Tips with Jen Han, The Effortlessly Easy Path to Weight Loss, is now on the CWR Talk Network. Jen's aim is to dispel all the myths related to dieting, debunk food rules, and bring enjoyment and sanity back to eating. You shouldn't feel guilty about eating the things you enjoy. Jen has lived through the battle of dieting and binging herself for 13 years and has tried every diet plan, every program, and every solution that promised weight loss, hypnosis, diet pills, cleanses, detoxes, you name it, Jen's tried it. It wasn't until she looked at what was underneath the food that she saw any lasting healing. Now Jen teaches others the truth about dieting and how to enjoy eating normally. Listen to Jen's podcast, Nutrition Tips with Jen Han, The Effortlessly Easy Path to Weight Loss, on the CWR Talk Network online at blogtalkradio.com forward slash CWR Talk Radio. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash CWR Talk Radio and search for Jen Han or go directly to Jen's podcast on our website CWRTalkNetwork.com and select Jen's page from the menu bar. to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network. Hashtag one million strong. Hey everyone, welcome back. Um, and we are actually uh, at the last 10 minutes of our show, so we're going to be uh, closing out. But I just want to say thank you to my co-host for engaging in such a great, fruitful conversation. I think that obviously it's just the beginning of a much bigger conversation that needs to be had. And that is, if we are going to, or not if, are we going to work together to make change and, and to be more united? Um, and so I think we need to all kind of go back home and think about that. Uh, and then also just connecting with what's going on locally um, in your communities. If you do want to make a difference and you want to strategize and unite and meet other people that might feel the same way to just get active and see what's going on in your community and what you can possibly be a part of. And so we're actually going to close out the show by giving some advice because I think that something that's critical for every generation is making sure that you pass down those jewels of wisdom to the up and coming generations about how to navigate through certain things. Of course, you're going to make decisions on your own about how you want to handle the world. But I think it's great to be able to take some pieces of wisdom from those that have had experiences ahead of you. So uh, I just want to close on my piece of advice to the up and coming generations when it comes to social issues and how to, how to navigate through them and how to be leaders in them uh, or around them is one to never, ever give up 
it's going to be very difficult to accomplish the things that you want to accomplish when it comes to social issues because there are different opinions and people aren't always going to see things the way that you see it. And when you want to make real change, and I'm talking about actually changing policies, and, and that means you're going to have to kind of help shift people's mindset, and that's not going to be easy. So I just want to encourage you to stay active and to stay moving and to never give up. Um, and then the second thing is to be open to understanding and accepting perspectives that are different from your own. We cannot get anywhere if we judge each other and if we limit ourselves from working together and having and making progress and having peace if we don't open ourselves up to accept that there might be perspectives different from our own. I personally have conversations with people where they say things that actually hurt my feelings. Uh, some of their views might actually, you know, hurt my feelings, but I allow myself to be present and to embrace that pain because I know that that's, you know, I know what my personal truth is, but I also don't discount that relationship just because um, it, it tugged at my heartstrings or I didn't agree. And I think it's important for us to allow ourselves to be open to hearing those perspectives so that we can understand all sides of things. And so that when we are making change, we are being objective and we're being very intentional. Um, and so that's just my piece of advice. I'll go ahead and pass it over to someone else. Um, I'll piggyback back off of what you said. I think that we do need to stay open and do listen to different perspectives on things because at the end of the day, I think that we all want to achieve what's best for everyone and we should. Um, and while we're doing that, I think it's really important that we're empathetic to other people's situations because we don't all come from the same background and we don't all come from the same place. And that's one thing that makes mankind beautiful is that we're not all the same and we need to embrace that and be empathetic to others. Um, the second thing that I think is really important too is that um, even younger generations and older generations um, and us as well, we shouldn't let anyone tell us that we cannot do something. I think that we have to believe in ourselves, that we can achieve things, we can make a difference and make change. Because when you believe that you can be the change, that's when change occurs. So I'll open it up for someone else. Uh, I just think I just I just think that we should just be be proactive and um whatever the cause is for if it's for um justice in the criminal justice system or it's just simply just having making sure the right the right person or persons have the right education so they can do something better than what we did or what we're doing. Um so I just think that everybody including including the next generation just be proactive whatever you do so you can make it better for now and yourself or for other generations as well. Respect. Yeah, and I just wanted to leave everybody with a, a quote and a few thoughts from um or a quote from Naeem Akbar and my thoughts. Uh I believe that people must know their particular legacy before they can internalize the universal legacy. And uh I believe after um, understanding who they who they are, then we can go ahead and continue on. As as Toya said, uh, uh, holding on to those jewels that was passed down, you know, from the ones that came before us, and not not just the uh, wisdom that was passed down, but also uh, 
any immunities from uh, any uh, social diseases that that uh, keeps us separated and confused and all of that. The ones that come after us, they should be uh, well equipped, you know, from the uh, teachings that um, were brought about to them and any uh, 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 social immunities that they've been all, already uh, been exposed to so they know the tricks and everything. And then we can, uh, I believe, that individuals can come together and develop a shared vision that uh, – uh, would be uh, something uh, righteous and just, you know, for. Okay. Again, I love oh, that quote. I'm sorry, my bad. <laughs> right. No, go ahead. Please. And again, uh, again, I was going to uh, shout out my Instagram, Mr. Solomon88, if you ever want to reach out and uh, hear, hear more of me talk. Awesome. Thank you so much, Malcolm. And, um, that quote was wonderful. I love what everyone had to say. And I think at the end of the day, when it comes down to how we are going to navigate through these journeys together, because all the different generations have to coexist, um, we really, it is important for us to spend that time to invest in understanding our identities and ourselves. Because if we just go out there and try to navigate and try to lead and try to change, um, it's going to be very difficult and it's really easy to get absorbed in a bunch of different identities and causes and movements. So really knowing ourselves first and, um, and, then, and then using that, that sense of self and awareness to help build the communities around us. And so I, I couldn't agree more with you on that, Malcolm. And I just want to thank everyone for listening in again. Uh, it's been another great show. I'm really excited. I just want to say, you know, we are missing Sam. Sam was, hasn't, uh, wasn't on air tonight, and I know that, you know, we're probably like, hey, where's that guy that likes to challenge everybody on there, too? Um, but he's just, he, he's got to handle some stuff. He's got a business, and it, it's thriving right now, and so he's got to take care of himself and, and do what he has to do. But we'll definitely be hearing from him again. I'm, I'm sure he'll come in and host some segments and join us as a guest. He's you know, he's awesome, and he's definitely down for a conversation um, <laughs> all the time. So uh, we'll, we'll definitely be hearing from him again. But I want to thank Malcolm, Micah, and Kylie for joining us tonight and just having uh, an open conversation and, and once again for being respectful of everything. Um, and, and we look forward to talking to everybody else again next week please give us a call and join our conversation um and next week we're going to be talking about millennials on parenting and and what our views are on having families thank you good night well, this, that's going to be interesting thank you yeah they yeah, will <laughs> all right peace all right y'all bye guys <laughs>